Adams, Adamly, Adamowski, Bueller, Burns, Burns, Burns. with that mic in your hand. It's time for school. Rock school. With your hosts, Dr. Joe Burns. Paul McCartney also said no because Weird Al Yankovic wanted to turn the song Live and Let Die into Chicken Pot Pie. Do you see the problem? Chicken Pot Pie. No. Paul is a vegan. Oh. And he will not allow meat to be promoted through his songs. Class is in. This is the Rock School Radio Show here on the Rock School Radio Network. My name is Joe Burns. You are? Tammy Burns. Quick, Tammy Burns. What are we doing at the end of this month that has to do with my job? Huh? Mm, huh? I think huh? you're given a paper at a place where people dress up. That's right. I'm going to a con. This time, Pensacon. What a lot of people are missing out there, they think these Pensacon things and these cons where, you, like you say, people dress up and go and talk about comic books is, is just that. It's sort of dress up and, and have fun as an adult, but in reality, they're attempting to create an academic side to it. And through some good friends of mine, Chris and Sherry, I have been sort of drawn into this. And I have gone to major cons and talked about all kinds of legal issues, the idea of copyright, the idea of trademark, things like that. Well, at this one, Weird Al Yankovic, this is Pensacon at the end of February, Weird Al Yankovic is going to be uh, there as one of the main people you can see. Cool. So we submitted an academic panel to talk about parody and parody laws. Nice. Hopefully, we'll get a lot of people come to see us. And furthermore, Hopefully, Weird Al Yankovic will come to see us. We've seen him live twice, but I have not yet shook the man's hand. Do you know why I go to these cons? Hmm? Uh, Yeah, because of Chris Yawn. No, no, no. It's because I am a well-respected member of the academic community, gosh darn it. Well, that was the second reason. And since I've been doing all this research into parody laws and such, I figured it would make a great rock school show. I've never even thought about it. If we talk about it, there's a lot more to parody than just uh, Weird Al Yankovic redoing something by Lord or Mm -hmm. redoing Pharrell Williams. Uh, And I want to talk about that. It's a lot of stuff underneath the idea of fair use, which is Section 107 of the Copyright Act of 1976. Now that you can go ahead and forget, but fair use you want to be interested in. A lot of people have it in their head that as long as I'm making fun Mm -hmm. of something, that's parody. So I should be able to do as I please, and I don't have to pay them anything, and I get to own whatever I create. It's not quite that cut and dry. And I'll tell you right up front, everything falls under fair use. So I have no choice but to explain to you what fair use means. And if you're doing this, parody has to be a certain kind of ribbing. If you leave parody and move into satire, Mm -hmm. you're no longer protected by the Copyright Act. Parody is... Good-natured ribbing, having fun with it, uh, supporting it. Whereas satire 
is going to be putting it down, is going to be making commentary about it, is going to sort of elevate yourself over it, and thus it is not under the fair use laws. Wow. Okay? Yeah. Okay, so who, it's one of those things, I know it when I see it. Uh Who decides whether it's parody and who decides whether it's satire? Is there a committee? No, there's not a committee, but it would be a good one to be on. A court. It's that straightforward. What do you mean? You have to go to court every time to get... Exactly a decision that. on this? That's right. These laws, these parody laws, are created not only by the Copyright Act, but they are also created by the court cases that led to them, and I have a bunch to tell you about, and it's interesting because I'll bet you know about them. You just never put it together with parody. All right? So I'm interested in talking to Weird Al Yankovic, so what I'm going to do is play a Weird Al Yankovic. My favorite by him is White and Nerdy, uh-huh. which is by Chameleon. <laughs> so we're going to play just a little bit of Chameleon and then right into White and Nerdy, back tell you all about Parody Law here on Rock School. They see me rolling, they hating, patrolling and trying to kiss me right Yankovic. Hopefully I get to see him at the end of the month. I think I should send something to his fan site and just show off how big a fan I am. You know what? He'll probably read it. You think so? Uh You think that's what he does at night? I think so. Lights are low. Gonna go read some fan stuff, honey. That's it. Fair use. When you talk about parody, the fact that it's a parody, I can do as I please. Saturday Night Live gets to do anything they want to people, and it's a parody. Let's talk about this. You have to deal with the idea of fair use. Now, my guess is when you were in high school or you were in college, you heard of this idea of fair use. And what it was was you're writing a paper, you need to support what you're saying, Mm -hmm. and so you cite it. Right. Cite a book, cite a website, cite a video. If that's the case, then it's attribution. You're not attempting to make any money off it, and there you go you may use it in terms of fair use. And believe it or not, fair use goes past the owner. If the owner makes a statement, I don't like you, I don't want you using my stuff, right? and you do it correctly, you follow fair use, uh-huh. there's nothing he can do or she can do to stop you because fair use overrides it. Again, Section 107 of the Copyright Act. Okay, how do you know you're doing something within fair use? There are four things that courts lose their mind over. Number one, what was the point of your use? Are you looking to make money? Are you looking to support a paper in an academic would have you? Are you looking to raise money? Are you doing good things with it or are you attempting to do bad things with it? Got it? Got it. That's right up front. Number two, what are you copying from? Are you copying facts or fiction? Let's say you're copying a book that's a history of George Washington. A lot of facts in there. You can't copyright facts. I can't copyright the fact that you're wearing a scarf. Okay. So if it's fiction, Mm -hmm. Harry Potter, Mm -hmm. that's completely of the author's doing. So that, you're going to have a much harder time proving fair use if you use something from it. Facts, on the other hand, 
you can play around within it. Third thing, how much did you take and how important is what you're taking? Think about music. Did you take the chorus or did you take a line from the third verse? Okay. Everybody knows the chorus. Everybody right. can sing the chorus of a lot of songs, but the verses? <laughs> I don't know. Where are you taking it and where did it come from? This all comes into play. And finally, what is the effect on the market that the original receives? When you play with it, Mm -hmm. Is the original harmed? Is the original helped? Does anything happen to the original? Does it hurt? Does it help? That's what they're interested okay. in. It's what's known as transformative value. Did you add value by taking it? And if you're in the academic world, we professors go out of our way, and there are databases that tell us this. How many papers referenced our paper? Wow. And we consider that transformative value. Uh, absolutely. I wrote a paper one time about the agenda setting effect of radio. Very exciting. And it was <laughs> something like 240 other papers used it. And I'm dancing around the house like nobody's business. Why aren't you asking for money? Because it's fair use. Gotcha. Okay, so far so good? Well, listen. Yes. All of these people uh, that are citing anything that you've ever done. Yes. Uh, why don't you ask for a pay raise at school? <laughs> you can't do that. It's you part can't? of my job. Part of my job. Well, can you? Can yes. you write it yes. all down? I mean, like, I let's can. say you're, you're up for tenure or something. Do people use those things? Oh, when goodness, yes. Uh -huh. Oh, it's an argument to be tenured. Okay. It is. Let's talk about the Dixie Chicks. That's who we're going to play. All right. They have a song called Sin Wagon. I love that That song. some people got upset about. Oh. Because it references, I'll fly away, oh glory, yeah. I'll yep, fly yep. away. The Dixie Chicks fought the lawsuit because they said it was parody. I'll Fly Away is a gospel song. A mm -hmm. person who believes in Jesus Christ and believes at the end of his or her life, they will A, fly away. And glory is another word for heaven. You got it. Uh -huh. According to the Dixie Chicks, they were using something about Sin Wagon. This is a woman who has decided, I've had enough. I'm going to go have fun like men do. Yeah. So it's the absolute opposite. Thus, it is parody. Mm -hmm. Do you agree with that? That it's parody? Yes. Yeah. Oh, yeah. absolutely. Okay, yes, uh -huh. they won the lawsuit. I'll come back with another one where somebody lost. Dixie Chicks and Wagon on Rock School. Okay, coming out of the Dixie Chicks, a successful parody case. It's a lot more. It goes much deeper than just Weird Al Yankovic doing Coolio and getting upset. And yes, I know Coolio was upset. We're going to play with Coolio a little later on <laughs> okay. in the show. Let me tell you some rather famous, and, and by the way, this idea of I get to use it because I'm tipping the hat to you, because I'm parodying you, this goes all the way back to the early 1900s. 1909 was 
the earliest one I found, but it, it, it it's so tangential. Mm-hmm. It doesn't even fit. The gotcha. first one that really stands up is from 1964. This idea of we believe we can do this with this information because not only of the law, but because of what the courts said. It's what's known as Irving Verlin versus EC Publications. Now that probably means nothing to you. Those who know about it call it the Mad Magazine case. Mad Magazine in 1964 did a Sing Along with Mad episode or issue, I guess it would be. They're a magazine. And what they did is they rewrote lyrics. So when you listen to the original song, here are some goofy, stupid lyrics. To you plug should sing along. Exactly oh, that. Oh, that's so cute. They were sued by Irving Berlin because he got upset that they took his song, A Pretty Girl is Like a Melody, and they turned it into Luella Schwartz describes her malady. <laughs> The Supreme Court found in favor of Mad Magazine. Uh Uh-huh. Okay, why? Well, they stated because it wasn't harmful. The idea of why is better than denoted with Hustler Magazine versus Jerry Falwell. Okay. This one happened in 1988. Jerry Falwell got upset because Mad Magazine, pardon me, pardon me, pardon me, Hustler Hustler, Magazine made a fake Campari ad... And it stated that I, Jerry Faldwell, got drunk as heck on Campari, and my first sexual encounter was with my mother. Oh. Yes. You can understand. Oh, oh it, it goes so much deeper than that, but that's the, that's the general idea. It got to the Supreme Court, and the Supreme Court made the statement that, look, the First Amendment and the 14th Amendment offer this, and furthermore, the average human being of average intelligence would realize you didn't do this. Yeah. This did not happen. This is a joke. Right. This is parody. And that's where that idea of can the average person figure it out? There's always going to be those homers that are, I don't know. Mm -hmm. And there's always going to be the people that get it immediately or Mm -hmm. tell you they got it immediately. But that's the big thing. Does the person understand bang like that this is a joke right like weird al yankovic you can't miss it yes yes that makes sense totally all right talked about sin wagon Mm -hmm. they won let me tell you one where a person claimed parody and didn't win do you know the beatles song she loves you yeah 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 of course i do at the end it goes yeah 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 Mm -hmm. yeah and it's a a chord at the end Uh uh-huh joe diffie wrote a song, and he decided to play with that. Joe Diffie called it Bigger Than the Beatles. The song's just one way the whole way through, and then at the end, it goes, yeah, 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 about six times. Okay. Okay? Uh-huh. He claimed it's parody. Just doing this, you know, blah, blah, blah. He was found, no, no, can't do that. You lifted it completely. You're attempting to make money off of it, and mm-hmm. it is the main push of the song. So... Not fair use, not parody. Whoa. There you go. Here's Whoa. Joe Diffie, bigger than the Beatles here on Rock School. He plays guitar at a hotel bar for routed towners and businessmen. He struts and sings to his drum machine, but he won't make it big. At the Holiday Inn But she thinks That he looks like Elvis When he runs his face
coming into the first break. How's this going so far? I love it. A little too heady or no? No, uh, but no? I'm thinking. <laughs> you got me thinking over I, here. I thought I smelled something I know, burning. right? I stated that copyright law, fair use law, parody law is not just something somebody wrote and we follow it. It is something that keeps getting built up over time thanks to the copyright law and also copyright cases. Here's another big one. It's called the Disney case. It's Walt Disney Productions versus Mature Pictures Corporation. This was found for Disney. I'll tell you what happened. In a porn film, a young man, actually multiple young men, sing the Mickey Mouse march. You know, M-I-C-K-E-Y-M-O-U-S-E, Mickey Mouse. Right. While they are, it's a porn film. You can figure it out. Mm Mm-hmm. The court ruled that it was probably not parody because they didn't alter the song. They weren't making a case of making fun of Disney. They were sort of playing against the fact that they were young men. And because of what was happening, they were becoming older men. And thus, they should be able to sing the song because it's a parody of growing older. Do you agree with the court's decision or not? You're with Disney? No, they're making money. That's exactly it. The money is there as well. And here's the one that specifically goes to music. This one happened back in the 1990s. Do you remember when Acuff Rose Music sued Two Live Crew? Two Live Crew used, this is back in the beginning of rap, right. where they were using other songs to create the bed that you sang over. Uh-huh. They did Roy Orbison's Oh Pretty Woman, did Two Live Crew. Right. And of course, Two Live Crew is just filthy. Mm-hmm. That's that's their gig. They're filthy on purpose. And I don't think if they were as filthy, Acuff Rose Music would have been as upset. Right. If they were Will Smith, something could have been figured out. But mm-hmm. this is a couple, actually three, just dirty guys. Mm-hmm. There's no two ways about it. That's their selling point. And you got to have that in a society to say, look, here's limit number one. Yeah. <laughs> right now, okay. Here's extreme number two. Exactly. Well, Acuff Rose, who owns Roy Orbison's Oh Pretty Woman, goes ahead and sues them. And Two Live Crew went to court, and when it was all said and done, when you listen to what they said, they were making fun of a woman. There's no way in heck the average person would think that this Two Live Crew song is by Roy Orbison. Okay. It's not harming Roy Orbison. It's handing him to a new group of people, and they were found not guilty on the case of parody. So that's even dirty. I gave you one that was dirty and lost. I gave you one that was dirty and didn't lose. So he got uh, Roy Orbison's trust or whatever received money of course. from that song. Of right? course. Now, you're going to say, people are going to say, well, Joe, you don't have to pay them. No, you don't. But that was part of the, the ending part of it all. And you say, wait, you mean I can use something and I don't have to pay? No, no, you don't. I'll tell you about that here in just a little bit. Who's listening to the Rock School Radio Show? W-A-B-L, Amy, Louisiana. Fantastic. Back in a minute here on Rock School.
coming out of the break, I made the statement that you do not have to pay royalties when you parody someone. For example, I mentioned Saturday Night Live earlier in the show. Mm -hmm. They parody everybody. This impeachment that's going on, I don't think Saturday Night Live is new right now. They'll come back with another season. I think they're on break. But can you imagine every one of the cast members dressed up as someone? Someone, yes. Right. You've seen so many times that, was it Tina Fey as Sarah Palin Mm -hmm. and Amy Poehler as uh, Clinton, Hillary Clinton. You would think if you had to pay that Saturday Night Live's entire worldview would be simply cutting royalty checks to all of these people. Mm -hmm. I don't want to get into it right now, but celebrities have a different level of protection in terms of copyright and all of that. Look, you put yourself in the spotlight, not me, but Jim the Baker from down the street carries more protection because he just wishes to remain a private citizen. Gotcha. He didn't go out. He makes bread. He didn't go out and try to make himself a superstar. Mm -hmm. Same thing with the parody. If we decide to parody a song, we can't redo it. We can't recut it. We can't do a cover because there is monetary deals with that. I'm going to tell you what that is too. But if we do a parody of songs, as long as we stay within the rules... We don't have to pay anybody, anybody, anything. And furthermore, since it's under fair use, we don't even need their permission. Now, Weird Al Yankovic tries to get their permission, but there's been a couple times he's been told no, and he went forward with it. So are movie stars and uh, people that are in bands and songwriters, things Mm -hmm. like that, are they, you know, are they on the same, the same ground or playing ground or are they have different uh, categories? Well, they have less protection. A court would see it as less protection for the as sake a of whole, argue, though. But I mean, as a whole, uh, being a movie star, you don't have yes. more protection than a, no. a country singer. It might be more physical protection, but in terms of the law, in terms, I'm, I'm going to start talking about Tom Cruise and whether I like his movie or dislike his movie online. You, you can't do that. But if you leave a bad Yelp review mm-hmm. for a common citizen who owns a store, he can come after you or she can come after you. Mm-hmm. It's a different level. And I'd love to tell you what the exact levels are, but welcome to the idea of it's got to go to court. Whoa. Speaking of Saturday Night Live, mm-hmm. do you remember when John Belushi redid as Joe Cocker? Yeah. Should have paid him a lot of money. Nope. It's a parody. Here's John Belushi as Joe Cocker on Rock School. <laughs> to the bottom of the hour, does Weird Al Yankovic get permission to do his parodies? Well, gosh darn it, he tries. He doesn't need that 
But gosh darn it, he tries. There's even wonderful stories by the people who are the artists he was you know, parodying. Yeah. He was a fan of Jackson, I think was her last name, when she was on Saturday Night Live. She was also in his UHF movie. Mm-hmm. And the story goes that she was on you know, set and the show's going on and Nirvana was there as a musical guest. So Weird Al Yankovic <laughs> called her and she grabbed Kurt Cobain, uh-huh. the author of the song, right. brought it over and the story... And I got this from VH1's Behind the Music. The story goes that she gave the phone to Kurt Cobain and, hi, this is Weird Al Yankovic. I want to do a parody of your song, you know, um, Smells Like Teen Spirit. Yeah. And Weird Al, or pardon me, um, Kurt. I can't, Kurt Cobain. Gosh, I'm getting the names mixed up. He said, yeah, yeah, that'll be great. It's not going to be about food, is it? Because he had, you know, another one rides the bus. I love Rocky Road. <laughs> um, eat it. Yeah. You know, those kind of things. Apparently, he's the eat it guy. And, and Weird Al went, no, it's going to be how absolutely no one can understand your lyrics. And Kurt Cobain <laughs> went, yeah, cool, do that. <laughs> but he doesn't need that. And furthermore, did he have to pay Kurt Cobain royalties? Probably. No, no. Really? It's a parody. But he does. And it, it it's never made specifically, or it's never said specifically, but he has a lot of different ways of doing it. Sometimes he gives them a lump sum known as a buyout. Mm-hmm. Sometimes he shares the royalties. And there are, and we'll get to these later in the show, there are times when he was told no, but he was told no by the wrong person. And he went ahead and did it anyway uh-uh. because it's under fair use and you don't pay to cite something in an academic paper, so you don't have to pay to do this. Let's do seven days in 70 seconds. These are the rock and roll dates. They go from February 3rd all the way through February 9th. Tammy, you got Monday. Go. February 3rd, 1959, the day the music died. Buddy Holly, Richie Valens, and Big Bopper die in a plane crash after playing a concert at the Surf Ballroom, Clear Lake, Iowa. February 4, 2007, Prince plays, arguably, the best Super Bowl halftime ever. February 5th, 1983, Africa by Toto replaces Down Under by Men at Work Get at it? number one. Get it? Africa, Down Under? Oh, yeah, I didn't. Thought that was cute. Yeah. February 6, 1962, Decca Records turns down the Beatles, stating guitar bands are dead. Ooh, yes they are. February 7th, 1964, the British Invasion goes into full swing when the Beatles arrive in New York City. February 8th, 2001, Katie Hudson releases a gospel album. Later, she'll be known as... Kate Perry, and then February 9th, 1964, the Beatles arrive at the Ed Sullivan Studios, and they say some absurd number, like 90% of New York was watching the television, and crime went to zip. So there's your British That's invasion it. for you. Okay, let's talk about Weird Al and Coolio. Mm-hmm. Al was told by his label that Coolio gave him permission to record Gangster's Paradise as Amish Paradise. As yeah. a matter of fact, he had recorded the version when he was told that, yeah, you've got permission. What's funny is that Gangster, and, and, and by the way, Coolio said, no, I didn't give him permission. I'm going to kick his butt and all those oh, kinds of stuff. Wow. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. He has since recounted and said, I'm sorry. That was dumb <laughs> on my part. But here's the fun thing it's legal. I'm not saying Coolio did anything un, uh, you know, unethical, but. Gangster Paradise itself is a reworking of Stevie Wonder's song Pastime Paradise. Mm-hmm. You want to hear about 10 I seconds do. of it? Listen Absolutely. to this. This is Stevie Wonder. Listen. Men spending most their lives living in the 
Okay, so Gangster's Paradise is redone, and Al does not need his permission, so he believes he has it, and they release it, and Coolio gets all upset. Al has stated, and Coolio has stated, it's all water under the bridge. In fact, Coolio has even stated, I shouldn't have acted like that. It I can't wasn't, believe it Coolio smart. took that from Stevie Wonder. Yeah, how about, he didn't take it. I'm sure he paid the royalties well, for I, it, it. But I always thought it was his no. for some reason. Mm-hmm. Wow. Stevie Wonder. Good. That'll do it. Here you go. It's uh, a little bit of Coolio and then right into Weird Al Yankovic. I'm here on Rock School. As I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I take a look at my life and realize there's nothing left because I'm been blasting and laughing so long that even my mama thinks that my mind is gone but i ain't never crossed a man that didn't deserve it me be treated like a punk you know that's unheard of you better watch how you're talking and where you're walking or you and your homies might be lying and talk. As I walk through the valley where I harvest my grain I take a look at my wife and realize she's very plain But that's just perfect for an Amish like me You know I shun fancy things like this There's no cops or traffic lights Living in an Amish paradise But you'd probably think it bites Living in an Amish paradise Okay, coming into the break, off air, you asked me, Uh okay, I'm not doing a parody song. I don't want to do a parody song. I want to actually do a cover. Right. What's the difference between a cover and a parody? A cover is a reworking or simply a redoing of the same song. You're not shooting for comedy. You're not shooting to make a statement supporting the song. Because remember, if you don't support the song, it can be seen as satire, and satire does not fall under fair use the quickest way i can explain fair use if you're trying to make money off it Mm -hmm. you know if you're or you're trying to do promotion right it's probably not fair use to which you say weird al yankovic does promotion weird al yankovic does what have you it's the way he does the songs and the fact that he also gets permission from the people although he pays them and he pays them but he doesn't need to do either of those things but you said to me what happens if indeed i want to just cover a song Covering a song is under what's known as royalties, which are statutory. A statute has been created. This is the amount of money you will pay. It is 9.1 cents for a song that is five minutes or less. You ever noticed every song is about four to four and a half minutes? Yeah. The reason is if they go over five, it costs more money. Oh my gosh. Right. So if you create a, a, let's say I redo a song. I Mm want to redo Panama by Van Halen. Mm -hmm. Long as I keep it under five minutes. And by the way, not their song, my song. If I keep it under five minutes, it is 9.1 cents per song. But I just want to give it away. I don't care. You owe 9.1 cents for every single one. Or if you go over five minutes, say I'm going to redo American Pie. Mm -hmm. Remember, Madonna redid American Pie. Yes. But it wasn't eight minutes long. How long was it? It was about 440. (gasps) She did. She turned it into a dance number, but she cut it down. Why would she do that? Money. 
Wow. That's the reason. If it's over five minutes, it's 1.75 per minute. And you figure all that up. And usually there is a service fee to set all that up. And it's the same thing everybody pays because it is statutory. And the thing is, even though this makes these statements and all, mm-hmm. I had a buddy who I played in a band with that wanted to redo an America song. You know, God didn't give nothing to the Tin Man. Yeah. And he received back from the company he was using, Harry Fox, mm-hmm. it was something like a $138 buyout for so many and such. So even though this says statutory, the bands must be able to make statements about how much they want and what have you and who you are. You know, right. if you're a big band, I'm sure they want the money. But if you're a guy in Louisiana, you might get caught a break. At least that's what I think happened. Who's listening to us here on the Rock School Radio Show? KRSC, Claremore, Oklahoma, Rogers State University. Yes. Back in a minute here on Rock School. Coming out of the break, I made the statement earlier in the show that there are people that have turned Weird Al Yankovic down, and there are people that he has ignored and simply went forward. Here's a list of some of those people. Prince was asked five times to have one of his songs turned into a parody. Right. He said no every single time. That's weird because that always seemed to me to be something that that Prince would find interesting. I agree, yeah. But no, he said no every time. Paul McCartney also said no because Weird Al Yankovic wanted to turn the song Live and Let Die into Chicken Pot Pie. (laughs) Do you see the problem? Chicken Pot Pie. No. Paul is a vegan. And he will not allow meat to be promoted through his songs. Okay. Eminem, first of all, Mm -hmm. told him, I think it's a great idea. He wants to do a a version of Lose Yourself. And -hmm. apparently he then talked to his people. He spoke to the record label. And they told him, look, you have a certain aura about you. Uh And being a funny guy probably isn't a whole lot you know, helping you. Right. So he said no off of that. Jimmy Page, Led Zeppelin, said no all the way around, except they did give him permission to do a quick interpretation of the Black Dog riff inside of the song Trapped in the Drive-Thru, which is itself a parody of R. Kelly's Trapped in the Closet. And then finally, although Michael Jackson said yes for bad, which became fat, yeah, and yes for beat it, which became eat it, uh-huh. uh, Weird Al Yankovic wanted to use black or white. Mm-hmm. And Michael said, no, that song's a, a little more personal to me. So, no. So, yeah, on two of them. No on one of them. Wow. Can't complain. Wow, wow, wow. We got to play something. Look, not every song mm-hmm. is a direct parody. You can also parody the band. 
You can write songs really? that are kind of like the band. Monty Python made fun of the Beatles by calling themselves the Ruttles and writing songs that sounded like something the Beatles would sing. Uh-huh. So I'll play for you now something by the Ruttles, and you can just hear it. It's blatantly the Beatles, but it's protected under parody law, even wow. though they're parodying the band rather than a specific song. And they probably song. made money off of it oh, as well, right? I guarantee they did. I'm sure the Beatles just thought it was the greatest thing in the world because if you watch the Beatles movie, mm-hmm. A Hard Day's Night, mm-hmm. when they sing the song Can't Buy Me Love, yeah. if you would first watch the uh, the bit by Monty Python, I think it's the, the Upper Class Twit Olympics. Watch that. I'm almost positive that's the name of it. The Upper Class Twit Olympics. And then watch that section of Hard Day's Night where they sing Can't Buy Me Love. Right. They're making fun of the upper class twit Olympics <laughs> all the way around. So here goes the Ruddles here on Rock School. I'm not the kind of guy who likes to play Big Brother But I've just seen your date outside his with Oh my School. I mentioned going into the Ruddles that they weren't making fun of a specific song. They were making fun of the Beatles. Right. That idea. You can also parody the idea of a music genre. For example, there's a Saturday Night Live digital short called I'm on a Boat uh-huh. with T-Pain, and it just curses and curses and curses and curses. They're making fun of rap music, at least at that time. There's a song called Walk Hard, the Dewey Cox story, right, I think it is, right. where they're making fun of Johnny Cash and that ilk, that type of outlaw country. Uh, do I have any other ones on here? Uh, Old Joe's Place by the Folksmen. There was uh, the same people that did Spinal Tap. Spinal Tap's another one. They're making fun of this overt 1970s heavy metal genre. But this is from A Mighty Wind, this, uh, this Old Joe's Place. And they're making fun of folk singers. So they're they're literally parodying the overriding element. And you can do it with, with text and, and all of that stuff. Saturday Night Live is your best bet to, to take a look at it. Let me give you three more people that have turned down Weird Al Yankovic and we'll get out of here. Hopefully I get to meet him at the end of this month when I present all of this good, good stuff at PenceCon. Rivers Cuomo denied the use of Weezer's Buddy Holly. And then Weird Al Yankovic turned around and released it for free. There's really nothing Weezer could do because he's not profiting off of it. Uh And it's a parody, so it's under fair use. Daniel Powder at first stopped him from singing Had a Bad Day, but flipped. As they went into the studio to record it, Uh and he said, no, 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 no. So they started recording something else, and he went, okay. He changed his mind. This is the one I love. Atlantic Records denied the use of James Blunt's song, You're Beautiful. Weird Al Yankovic released You're Pitiful (laughs) for free. Okay, why wasn't he attacked by Uh the the people at the, uh, the recording studio? Because, or the record company, because... 
according to Weird Al, he deals with the artists. He could care less what the suits want. Okay, that makes sense. He wants what the artists want. Yeah. And James Blunt wanted the song released. The suits didn't want it released. So he said, you know what? Here it is for free. Wow. Take it. Totally legal. Totally what have you, what you want to say. So there you go. Them's the parody laws. If you want to take a song or you want to take a genre and play with it, you can. Just make sure it's not satire. Just make sure you're not being mean or anything like that. Crazy, crazy stuff. And it's not the same as a cover. You can't take, you know, Billie Jean by Michael Jackson, re-record it exactly and say, oh, it's a parody. No, you got to prove to a court of law you are attempting to support it by doing comedy, doing fun things with it. Look, that's this a parody. Is, this is all the stuff right here that's tying up our court system. You think this so? This is it. Well, copy uh, law. Copy, there's, there's wonderful stories out there right now about how copyright is really screwing up new music coming out because people are afraid to do things they might have heard before. I would uh, I yep, would be yep, yep. right there with those folks. All right, that wraps it up. We're going to run out of time. I'm Joe Burns. I'm Tammy Burns. Yes, you are. Class is dismissed. Walk hard hard down life's rocky road Walk bold, hard, that's my creed, my code. I've been scorned and slandered and ridiculed too. Had to struggle every day my whole life through. Seen my share of the worst that this world can give. But I still got a dream and a burning rage to live. Walk hard. When they say you're all done Walk bold, hard Though they say you're not the one Even if you've been told time and time again That you're always gonna lose and never gonna win Gotta keep that vision in your mind's eye Standing on top of a mountain high